Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Here we are in week three of our CrossFit series. This series is all about spiritual disciplines and how just like there are physical disciplines, lifting weights, running, doing all those great things, burpees, lunges, squats. Who wants me to go on? Who's feeling tired already? Just like there are physical disciplines that we put into practice to stay fit physically, there are spiritual disciplines that keep us cross-fit, fit for the cross, spiritual disciplines that we... Uh, need to have going in our lives, and so we've, we've looked at, we've, this is week three, so we've had two weeks, if you missed them, jump on iTunes, you can listen to them, they're great messages. Hosea 10 says this, actually let me pray, Father I thank you that your presence, Holy Spirit, your presence is here in this place, Holy Spirit, stay, fill this place. Let the rich, beautiful presence of God touch every person, I pray. Father, as I speak today, I thank you that your word is powerful, God, that we need your words, not mine. Father, and I thank you, Lord, that as I declare your word, Father, it goes out, it does not return void. Thank you that we have open hearts to hear what you are saying in Jesus' name. Amen. Hosea 10 says this, I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts, for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. It's the seeds that we sow in our lives that determine the fruit we produce. If whether we will produce fruit or not, is also determined by the seeds that we sow. And the seeds take time to become a tree and to produce that fruit. This scripture encourages us, every one of us, to plant good seeds, seeds of righteousness, to be cross-fit, to have spiritual, the spiritual disciplines that we are talking about happening in our lives. We have to plant good seeds, and as we do that, there will be a harvest. The scripture goes on to say, plow up the hard ground of your heart, for now is the time to seek the Lord. I want to tell some of you today that here this morning, that that there is a now moment. That scripture says, now is the time to seek the Lord. There is a now moment in this series for some of you, a now moment, a specific word from God into your heart for the season that you are in or for the season you are about to go into. Plow up the hard ground. Some versions say break up the fallow ground. Fallow ground is ground that has been left. Sometimes it's it's already been plowed, sometimes it hasn't. The Bible says break it up. Fallow means unplanted, unsown, unseeded, Undeveloped, dormant, empty, bare. 
In other words, there are areas of your heart that are currently unsown, unseated, unused, undeveloped, dormant, empty, or bare. It's time to plow them up. It's time to break them up. It's time to let God in. Let God into those areas. Take away the no entry sign. It's time to give him access. The spiritual disciplines we are talking about in this series are going to help you to plow up the hard ground in our hearts. Help me, help you, help us. The places where we find it hard to trust God. Where we find it hard to let go. Where we find it hard to not be afraid. Where we find it hard to forgive. Where we find it hard to not believe the best. Something happens, a situation happens in your world, and you cannot believe the best. You go to disaster. Where we are tempted to give in to despair. Or we're tempted to go and give in to temptation, or we're tempted to just give up. Does anyone ever face any of those things? Yes. Life works from the inside out. It's, it's all about our hearts. So you might be here this morning and you might be thinking, well, it's them. Well, it's that. Well, it's the, all of those situations and circumstances around me that are, that are the problem. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that life works from the inside out. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Paul spoke about this brilliantly in the first message in this series, where he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. I've called this message today, Personal Coach. Because the spiritual discipline I'm talking about is fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that he is a personal coach. 2 Corinthians says this, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Paul's talking. He's talking to the church at Corinth, Corinth, and he says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, who knows we are saved by grace. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We are saved by grace. And once we are saved by grace, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, once we are saved, we experience the love of God. But some Christians stop there. I've got... The grace, I'm saved, I've experienced the love of God, and they stop. But Paul didn't stop. He said, and, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Are you saved? Tick. Have you experienced the love of God? Tick. 
How about the fellowship with the Holy Spirit? The entire Godhead is represented in this one scripture. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is here in this place. The Holy Spirit is God the same way that the Father and the Son are God. The Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit in many ways. Some of the ways he is described talk about what he does. They talk about what he brings. He is described as oil. Now, oil comes and it soothes. He is described as water. Water comes and it refreshes. He is described as fire. Fire comes with power. And it also comes and it refines. He is described as a dove. A dove comes as peace. But do not be fooled. They are the things that he does. It's not who he is. He is God. And he is here with us. Jesus is in heaven Sitting at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit is here with us. Jesus said this, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit to us to be our helper. Paul tells us to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? I think it means these things. I think it means partnership. I think it means intimacy and community. Partnership. While we're here on earth, we are partnering with God. Have you thought about that? Don't you think that's pretty cool? That while we're here on earth, we are partnering with God. 1 Corinthians says, for we are are both God's workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. God has chosen to work through you. He's chosen to work through you and you and you and you and you and you and all of us. If he wanted to do it without us, he could because he's God and he's got it covered. But he's chosen not to. He's chosen to to partner with us. He's chosen for us to be co-laborers with him, co-workers with him. We are his delegated authority here on earth. And I think that's exciting. And it's in that place of fellowship with the Holy Spirit that this is worked out in our lives. It's how we partner. It's in that place of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I have a friend, a very good friend, who lives um, not in this city. She lives in Australia, but she lives a long way away. And we hardly ever talk, but we are very close. Who has friends like that? (laughs) You just know. You need you, I'm there. And we, we hardly ever talk, except if I'm going through a really hard time, and I haven't spoken to this woman, she will, I'll, wait, I'll get a text. Mel, what's going on? I had a dream about you last night. I'll get a text. Mel, what's going on? I wake up crying. <laughs> Partnering with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is speaking to her and touching me 
through her love. You know, sometimes when I preach, do you know the difference between a, a good message and a great message? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the difference between a good message and a great message. That's it. Seriously. You may think it's all sorts of other stuff. It's not. Sometimes I'll have people say to me, Mel, that was just fantastic what you said. And then they'll tell me what I said that I never said. <laughs> because they needed to hear that. And the Holy Spirit spoke to them while I was speaking. I can have one, two, three, four, ten people say to me, Oh my gosh, Mel, that, how did you know? You were just speaking straight to me. That's not me. That's the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, they're thinking I'm speaking directly to them, but how can I be speaking directly to all these different people? I can't. It's the Holy Spirit. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's partnering with him. That's, that's part of what it is. We can be talking to someone, and something will race across my mind, and I'll say it, and they'll go, oh my gosh, it's not me. It's him. Holy Spirit's amazing. I have spent lots of years training myself to tune into that voice because do you know what? I am not that smart. I am not that good. He makes me a lot better than what I am. It's the truth. It's the absolute truth. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me. And I will answer you and tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. That's our God. He tells us wonderful and marvelous things that we can't figure out on our own. Partnering with the Holy Spirit. Intimacy and community. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit is intimacy with the Holy Spirit. It's a relationship. It's talking to him. It's listening to him. It's moving with him. It's spending time in his presence. I love this scripture in Exodus 33. It says, Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, the son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. I love that. Because he wanted an intimate relationship. He said, I'm not leaving. Moses had to go. I'm not leaving. I'm staying. I'm staying. I'm staying where you are, God. I'm staying in your presence, God. Who did God choose to take the children of Israel out of the wilderness into the promised land? Joshua, the son of Nun, who hung in the presence. He, he took them through. He took them in to the place that God had for them. He loved being in God's presence. Let me, let me tell you some names for the Holy Spirit. He is the comforter. You need comfort? He is the counselor. You need to know something? He is the advocate. He fights for you. He is the convictor of sin, and we all need that. He, he is the guide. He is, he is an intercessor. He prays for us. He is the revealer of truth. And he is the teacher. These are roles that he plays in our lives. He is like a personal coach. 
leading, guiding, helping, teaching, admonishing. But there's more. There is more. When I was six or seven, I was um, at a conference, a church conference in Colac, which I didn't know where that was until the first service, and they told me it was in Victoria. So I'm one step closer to knowing what the heck was going on. Anyway, I was in a nighttime meeting, and I was praying, and someone prayed over me. I was six or seven, and I was wearing my orange and white quilted dressing gown. I still remember it. Who remembers the quilted dressing gown? Yep. Are they still around? Probably not. They were pretty ugly. (laughs) Sorry if anyone's got one. (laughs) Apparently onesies are the new quilted dressing gown. (laughs) We probably don't want to go there, do we? We probably don't. No. Anyway, I was in my quilted dressing gown and someone prayed for me and I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I spoke in tongues and I have had an insatiable hunger for the Holy Spirit and the presence of God since that time. Insatiable. Some people say that as soon as you become a Christian, you get all the Holy Spirit you need. And that's true. We do get the Holy Spirit when we become a Christian. But Jesus spoke of another baptism. He spoke of something that happens after we become a Christian, and it's baptism in the Holy Spirit. God has this experience available for every person. It's a gift that he wants to give every believer and it's power from him. Let me read you some scriptures. Once, when he was eating with them, that's Jesus, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he's promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in another language as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Wow. That was a pretty wild, wild time, hey? Can you imagine? Can you imagine that happening in Jerusalem for Pentecost? There were people from all over the world. They'd they'd come because it was Pentecost. And there were 120 people in a room and they they were praying. And all of a sudden, a sound comes from heaven. Wind, fire, praise, tongues that were known and unknown. And the Bible says they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, that word baptize, it means fully immersed. So when we water baptize people in this church, we fully immerse them. But it also means this. It means overwhelmed by God. Those people in the upper room were overwhelmed by God. That sounds, some people that sounds horrible. For me, that sounds awesome. Overwhelmed by God. They spoke. They weren't just filled. The Bible says they spoke in other tongues and the whole city hears and they come and they run to the sound. 
And, and, and those people, they heard the, the disciples declaring in their own tongues the wonderful works of God. There were many different languages being spoken. Some people thought they'd gone crazy. Some people thought they were drunk. But Peter says, no, this is the promise. This is the promise that Joel spoke about. This is it. God said he would pour out his spirit on all f flesh. This, is, this promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. This promise is to all. This promise is to everyone. Some parts of the church have been robbed of what God wants the whole church to have. It is the equipping power from heaven, and God wants everyone to have it. He hasn't chosen a few. He wants all, everyone. If you have it this morning, he wants to fill you again. Can I say? He wants to give you more. Because there is always more with God. And who knows that sometimes we go through things in our life, and we start to feel a bit dry. No? Anyone? We start to feel a bit jack of stuff. I remember a time where I was in that exact situation. I was driving to Presence Conference. This was many years ago. It's a big conference that C3 runs. And I'd left late and I was driving up and I said, God, I just need you because I'm, I got nothing. I'm done. I know you've never been there, but I was there. And I sat down, I got there late. Preaching had started. I sat at the very, it's, it's a huge auditorium, huge. I don't know how many thousands are there, but lots. Thousands. I sat in my chair, and Pastor Phil told everyone to stand up, and I said, I can't even do that. No, I'm done. But, but my heart was open, you know? And I remember just saying, God, I just need you. And it was like the, present, the Holy Spirit came right up to me, this close, right up to here. And I just went like this. It was involuntary. I went, <gasps> I was like I breathed in the presence of God again. Just, <sighs> you know, there are times in our life we just need to be refilled. And everything changed. Because he brings oil. That's that lubrication. I was dry as. He brought the oil. He brought the refreshing, the water. He brought the water. Oh, just flow. Flow through. All of those wonderful, wonderful things is what he brings. So you may have been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you may need today to be refilled. Let me tell you some things, some, some reasons why you might want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings power to witness. He brings boldness. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, as an example here is Peter, the disciple. When Jesus was being crucified, he was standing around a fire pit and some girl said to him, hey, you're, you're, one of, you're one of his disciples, aren't you? He said, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. He was not bold. 
After he received the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues, he preached and 3,000 people got saved. Can anyone see a difference? Slight difference in Peter after he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 tells us that as we pray and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. Does anyone ever have that problem? Anyone? I don't know what to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I don't know what to pray, but I'm going to pray in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, when we pray in the Holy Spirit, it builds us up and we are strengthened. 1 Corinthians 14, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. You want to be strengthened personally? I spend so much of my prayer time praying in the Holy Spirit because it changes me. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.